to bring uh, major decisions to a head. That's what wars really do. Uh, Carl Quigley said it himself. He said wars are designed specifically not just to loot other countries for the wealthy, but also it, it changes the society, the culture on both sides, because government can can do more in five years of war on a social change basis uh, than it can in 50 years of propaganda and peace. So wars were essential to what all this has, has come to, including the Cold War. Uh, all the con games were getting blown up, which were never meant to happen at all. I'll be back with more after the following messages. cutting through the matrix and just mentioning the fact that, that as most people float through their lives and generations do this they float through their lives they, they're trained from their parents really their parents pass on indoctrinations if they even converse with them at all these days it's mainly done through television cartoons then school takes over peer group peer pressure advice from counsellors and all the indoctrinations they get and then they're into the workplace and uh, competing for their little piece of the planet and paying taxes and so on. But, however, if we go into uh, Aldo Huxley's talks on, on uh, Brave New World Revisited, and you can find his speech at Berkeley on my website and listen to it as an audio. He mentions what they already knew at the top because they were going to bring in a system where stress would be the prime factor uh, in life for everyone. Everyone would be affected by it. And through massive changes, too, they knew that massive change causes stress. And they knew what changes they were going to bring on in the 1930s. And he said most people are unhappy. Generally, they're unhappy. Well, of course they're unhappy because the system was designed not to allow you to be happy. If you were content and happy, you might stop buying stuff and, and, and have other outlets and, and use your brain and be quite content with it. But that's not productive. And this whole reason for being in the society, supposedly, from the least point of view, is for the commoners all to work and produce and consume and pay taxes and fight wars and build them big projects and stuff. So being happy and content isn't a driving force. You see, they call it stagnant. You become stagnated. You're not being motivated to work and produce for them. And so he said most people are unhappy and what's, the, what's wrong with making them happy through artificial means? He discussed the use of the possible use of drugs and uh, hallucinogenic drugs too, of course, and various tranquilizers, and even going so far as to suggest that they, they, they put wires at that time, they were experimenting, putting wires into people's brains and controlling them remotely and stimulating certain parts to make them uh, smile or feel sexy or whatever. And in other words, altering their whole perception of things through stimulating of the brain itself. And sure enough, they tried uh, 
big experimentations on a wide scale with drugs. LSD didn't come out of nowhere. It was promoted from the top down. And the next step, of course, we, don't, we know what it is. It's an interfacing with computer, which really has been done. Sweden led the field in this. They used uh, prisoners for experimentation as far back as we know as the 70s. It was Palmer who authorized that. And we know, too, that Windows or Microsoft is, uh, has different departments, all separate from each other, trying different methods of interfacing people with computers, because that was always the intent of it. I'm sure it's been done long ago in reality. And they'll get us used to the helmet type, the little ring on the head first, which they've already disclosed is there. This is patented, and it uses, it does an EEG on your brain. It picks up a brain scan of you. But it can also do, um, it can actually pick up what parts of the brain are stimulated by you personally, because they're all slightly different, you see, and send signals back into your brain, and, and uh, you're becoming interfaced with the computer as it does personality profiles upon you. Vista was a step towards that in that the computer tries to build up a habit system of you, personality profile type, and, and, and um, anticipate what you wanted to do before you do it. So you've been trained step by step like an animal to the final part, which is obviously going to be interfacing, then the brain chip will seem quite logical to people who are spending most of their life in fantasy land. And that's the point I was going to get to, because this virtual reality is being pushed at the very highest levels right down to the people at the bottom. And nothing happens on a social scale, unless it's approved, authorized, highly debated long, long ago, by many different departments over and over again because they don't want to lose control. Everything in this world at the top is about control and the maintenance of control. So they're pushing the virtual business world where you meet virtual people, in other words, cartoon figures, because that's what it is to me, is cartoon figures. And they're promoting it as an escape form of coping as well a form of escapism, because now, after watching uh, a disc that was sent over from Britain, put out by a major television company, on this coming uh, virtual world, and they interviewed some people who are already in it, who are not children by any means, they're adults, but they prefer living in this fantasy world, this Peter Pan world, where they can create their own avatars or bodies. They can be male or female or whatever they want to be, and design their, 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 their shape, size, and all the rest of it. Um, now, of course, even the big advertising companies are in on it. I'm sure that was decided at the beginning, where you can actually buy things online for your avatar world. It's quite the thing, an alternate reality, the very thing that Huxley was talking about back in the 1930s and still talking about in the 60s when he went to Berkeley and other universities and discussed this. The creation of a virtual world where people will either be drugged or their, 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 their brains will be altered in some way. We know it's going to be interfacing where they'll live in a, a cartoon world. And the big boys have already said when you're living like a, a zombie in a true matrix system where your body could even be fed by nutrients like the Borg, like seven of nine in the Borg, she went to a little cubicle and got fed with tubes and all that. Uh, while they're doing that, 
they can use the other parts of your brain, uh, that's the majority of your brain, uh, for other tasks that could be interfaced with other computers and you could, be, you could literally be, they could be using your neurons as a computer interface with the computer to do massive calculations or something for big banks, something like that. So from, from the at least point of view, it kills two birds with one stone. They get more efficiency out of the person, even 24 hours a day. And the person will never rebel or complain because they're, while that's all happening, uh, they're really uh, living in a, a, a fake virtual world where everything's wonderful. And the sky isn't full of sprays from chemical trails. It's nice and blue again. And, and uh, uh, nothing dies in it. Everything stays new. And you have unlimited money to buy unlimited imaginary things. A complete fictional world has been pushed. And people now are, are getting together and even marrying because they like each other's virtual world. That's, that's how it's taken off. Astounding. Children are getting addicted to it. They'd rather be in that world than the real world. Yet it's only in the real world you gain by experience and you mature. And your coping mechanisms come into play. And you sense and perceive things properly. And you can decide when you're in this fake fantasy world. Remember, too, once you're in a fantasy world, you might have a, a limited selection of things you can choose or even a, what seems to be unlimited, but someone programmed that for you. You're not the programmer. You're not in control of that at all. And who would want to be living in that kind of state, just like the true Matrix movie, the first movie, where your body is, 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 is as I say, being fed because you're a battery, you're providing energy, the power source of the big hive. While you're living in a fantasy world, thinking you're walking around in the streets and so on, or having a ball. Uh, who would want to live in that? Well, lots of people probably will. And as they stress up, the, or, or put up the stress factors, more and more people are opting into it. And it's been pushed, as I say, from the top complete fiction, complete fantasy, where you can be Peter Pan and never grow up, never grow old, because everybody knows getting older is taboo, has been since at least the, the, the 50s. Um, anyone over 25, even in Hollywood, is, is, is over the hill. And you don't count as a human being anymore. Uh, that was pushed deliberately by people at the top. And it's so interesting to me all through my life, I've noticed that the people at the top are elderly people, sometimes very old people, still working 12 hours a day when they're 80 or 90, some of them. And they're giving a culture where they're, they're, and they have done it, where the public dismiss anyone who's over 25 or 30 that has an opinion on anything that they don't count. So old people, old cretinous people, are running the world. And these old people come from very elite interbred families that have incredible wealth and power. And they all know each other. They all have the same old school ties and acquaintances and so on. They move in what they call their circles of friends. And their circles of friends are also very powerful elite families. And they give, they give the young generations, every generation, a completely different culture which they designed for them. It, it's quite an amazing thing. It's almost like two species 
this elderly cretinous bunch uh, working on the young, always the young, because it's the young ones who have fresh minds that they can inculcate with new ideas, which aren't their own, of course, but they'll be, they'll be adapted. Uh, the, the children will adapt to them without thinking. It'll seem exciting, and they walk into the next mousetrap. Same with fashion, same with music and everything else. The people who ran the departments of culture all through the Cold War for the Western countries were generally 50, 60, 70 years of age. And here they were giving us a youth culture for which we were all trained to think it was ours and we were rebelling. Ha ha. Back with more after the following messages. Nations. 
that was the purpose, that is the purpose of the United Nations, is to be the front for the big boys who control the world. And it wasn't to be done in a democratic fashion because a couple of years ago they released the documentation that set up the structure for integration for Europe. Now that it's a done deal, you see. And it states there towards the end that the public must not know any of this and understand what's happening until it's all been completed. Well, it's the same with the American Union. They still lie through their teeth, even though they'll show the occasional piece on television by the CFR, who proudly tell us all on television and national television in Canada that they, they drew up all these plans for the presidents and prime ministers to sign for the amalgamation of the Americas. And what they're bringing in is not a democratic system. The demo, it's nothing to do with democracy. And we better understand that from the start. We're treated like children. Democracy is a term used to keep us as children. And we're treated like children. You can't tell children the bad news or the truth. You can't tell them that granny died if the child is too young. You see, that's how you're treated. And democracy's long dead. In fact, it was dead at birth. Stillborn. But here's an example from the Sunday Times, January the 27th, 2008, of how you're kept in the dark. And it says here, MPs, members of parliament, kept in the dark over economic union treaty by Isabel Oakeshott, deputy political editor. MPs are being asked to vote on the revised EU treaty without key information about the powers it will create. Now, doesn't that, isn't that reminiscent of what George Bush said to all the congressmen when they were given the, the anti-terrorism bill? And he said, any, any congressman that reads it is unpatriotic. Just pass it. Isn't that kind of reminiscent of the, how we run? MPs are asked to vote on the revised EU treaty without key information about the powers it will create. A leaked document suggests... The paper, it says here, from the office of the President of the EU reveals that matters such as the possibility of a European army and the powers of an EU President will not be determined until after the revived constitution has been pushed through. Other issues include how the proposed EU diplomatic service will work. Well, that's not kind of important the powers of the new EU foreign minister, and whether the European police office, the new joint police force, Europol, will be able to expand its activities. Well, of course it will expand its activities, but they can't tell you right now. You've got to pass it all first. Neil O'Brien, director of Open Europe, the think tank that obtained the document, claims that MPs are being asked to sign a blank check. Well, of course, they, I don't know if people realise that MPs and politicians and congressmen have been signing black checks, blank checks for donkey's years. Because pretty well all bills that are put through today are so huge, they're made so huge, maybe hundreds or thousands of pages long, no one could possibly read them. That's a fact. That's why they're written that way. But back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. And I'm just finishing off this little piece here, and then I'll, I'll take the callers. It's about the European Union, how they're asked to basically sign a blank check, uh, where they'll get all the details of what they've passed after they've passed it. It says, Neil O'Brien, director of Open Europe, the think tank behind Dutton, says the MPs have been asked to sign a blank check. The confidential strategy paper prepared by the Slovenian Economic Union president suggests that important decisions will be taken only after Eurosceptic countries such as the UK have ratified the Lisbon Treaty. Disclosure is likely to fuel opposition to the treaty in a Commons debate this week. The paper identifies 31 areas in which practical decisions have not yet been taken. Well, they have really. Uh, it's just that you won't hear about them until you're, you're past it, and they'll tell you all the bad news. O'Brien said once the treaty is ratified, there'll be no going back. That's typical, too. MPs would effectively be signing a blank check to the EU if they ratify this without a referendum. Well, that's the point of it. That's why they give it to you like this. Yeah, sign this, and we'll tell you what it's all about once you've signed it. And the American Union, the reason I tell you about Europe is because the American Union has been done in the same exact fashion. Now, I'll take the callers. We've got Derek from Vermont. Are you there, Derek? Yeah, I am here. How, how are you doing, Alan? Not so bad. Oh, it's good to hear. Hey, um, yeah, I was just thinking about how in the past you talked about your youth and uh, how you saw at a very early age uh, how things are so wrong. I'm pretty fortunate to have a son. Uh, he's six now, and I, 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 I see exactly what I see exactly what you've been talking about in in him. And uh, he just he see he talks to me. <laughs> Like a very, he seems smarter than most of the people walking around us today. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it makes me so happy to, to see in my son. I also have a daughter, and she's only, she'll be, she'll be two in May, but uh, they just seem like such bright little kids. And, uh, and it's just, they're in public school, and it just shames me because um, there's, this, there's this program going on there. They're, they're installing these. Um, devices in the classroom. They have two in the elementary school. He's just in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have this machine, that, or I don't know if it's a machine or what, but it amplifies the teachers' voices. It's it's pretty yeah. thick. Yeah, they're I've asking, read about that. Yeah. Yeah, and they're asking for uh, donations from families and everything. And uh, it's, it's it's really sad. And, and and not only that, is it the school bell isn't. Not, no, it's not so much a bell as, as it is a loud tone. It reminds me of like the, the Pavlov training. It's, I'm sure it has many functions, and I bet you anything too. It'll be linked in with a, for, a form of voice to skull certain vibrational frequencies. Uh, I'll, I'll bet you it is because you see they're, they're bringing in the whole Soviet system, and they did use devices in the Soviet classroom, uh, which made the children very, very passive. In fact, uh, very quiet and passive. And that was discussed by the inventor of it, who was invited to come into the Waco conflict and bring equipment over. And he did get over to to the U.S., but they didn't quite clear it in time for him to try it on the Waco people. Um, but yeah, that this is real stuff. It does exist, and they do want to use it uh, in the classrooms here. Oh yeah, they're absolutely using it. And um, yeah, it's it's. It's kind of crazy here where I am in uh, in Vermont. I'm actually uh, reading the paper today. It looks like I'm I'm situated right within the Green Triangle. It's it's, uh-huh. this, <laughs> it's this place right in in you know between three towns and one Triangle, and it's where all like it's, it's where global warming has become law. 
Mm-hmm. And and uh, I, I, I've been fortunate, though, to get on the ballot as an anti-Masonic party, mm-hmm. uh, and I get myself a little forum. Um, I'm, not, I'm hoping not to win because I won't go through with the ceremony or anything. I know I won't win anyway because I got enough doors slammed in my face collecting the signatures. Yeah. But um, it, I, I just I just want to let everybody know that. Well, at least you're doing something rather than sitting back and just exactly. uh, complaining. You know. I know I can't do that anymore. It, it and you have children. Help. See, your your two children there have, have minds which are capable of so much, so much. And uh, you have to guard it so well for them and protect them because there are big, big powers after the minds of those children. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Al, I want to get, let you get down to the other callers, but I appreciate your work, and I'm waiting for your CD, so take care. Okay, take care, too. Uh, I've got Henry from Connecticut. Are you there? Um, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say that... Um, I hear some of the stuff that you're saying. You know, we spoke once before, but this was like way back in the summer of last year. I don't think they're going to get anything that they want. Um, I'm seeing what's going on now. Uh, they have to rig a, a, a primary of two parties that they control, and they have to rig it. When's the last time you even bother rigging a primary? So they're scared to death of Ron Paul for some reason, because that, that's unheard of. You know, usually, and I know what I'm talking about. I haven't been voting that long, but I've been voting for at least mm, – least almost 15 years now and they never went out of their way with a primary but that's a, that's like a light thing on the surface but I'm thinking all this other stuff that they tried to do um, and it's just not working um, everything oh, they tried what, to do what, what isn't working? You know, the the stuff these Illuminati people are doing with this one world order the stuff they did the things with the let, let me ask you do you think the um, European Union, for, uh, as a, let's say as a, as a starter, uh, is working uh, for them. I mean, on their side, they made a mess of Iraq. Robert Chapman mentioned that. The, uh, they're not going to get the European Constitution. They're not going to integrate. But the European the... Constitution's passed. Oh, they just passed and just passed a new one without the people's consent. In other words, yes, yeah, just passed. Listen, these guys have got everything they wanted. Because uh, it's, there's well, a even if they did, it's going to be a revolution. There, there is. A, huh. Uh, there's a super government running the world already. There has been for a long time, and it's a parallel government. I've gone over this in the shows where even Margaret Thatcher admitted she was a member of it. Yeah, and they're very old, too. And, 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 it, and it works very, very well. These characters are in touch with all the, the big power magnets or the big international corporations. They're in touch with all prime ministers, current uh, presidents, current and past, because they never retire. And they make all the big decisions. They work um, with the scientists that also uh, shape your future. We're living through it. You're talking about 15 years. Look at the changes in 15 years. Yeah, I know. This country became browner and more with third world filth and, and the garbage and the bowel movement across the uh, Texas and California border and becoming a third world country and everything else. I know. I mean, it's not as much everywhere, but certainly even Queens and parts of New York and California, and it was much better when it was mostly white. I mean, that's one example, I mean, compared to all that crap. I mean, but that's another thing, too. They tried last year. I was on the phone with uh, Senator Kennedy's office and a couple other senators. They tried to pass that amnesty. They didn't get that through. As far as the European Union, I know from listening to Robert Chapman, because he keeps in touch, he says that they are people in Germany are demanding that they really think they should go back to the um, Deutschmark. 
The ones in Italy want to back out of it. There's some countries in Europe that don't have the euro at all whatsoever. Um, like that doesn't Denmark. matter. That isn't ma that's just superficial stuff. Yeah, but you have to have all that together to bring about this one-world region. It's just not going to work. And they're not going to The, the one-world region is there already. Well, yeah, region one and region two. This is region two over it's, here. It's there. Over there is region one. And, and to be honest with you, too, uh, so are we. Uh, we we're, going, we're, we're in. We're in. Uh, 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 North American Union already. Uh, again, that, that was all done even during World War II and the end of, and the end of World War II. Uh, and before that, too, they were building the, the Pan American, uh, a highway from, from uh, down, down through uh, um, the Texas all the way to Brazil. That was all part of the start of it even then. This is an old, old idea. Oh no, I know it is. It's by these old Jews. I know. I know about it. Uh, oh, what do you mean, old Jews? You seem, you seem to have your mind fixed on things. You know, most of the people who run this system are based in London, and these characters are not Jewish at all. Uh, Rothschild is Jewish. Queen Elizabeth. He, he came in very, very, very late on the game here. Uh, yeah, but the Ro original Rothschild. I'm talking 600 years ago. These Normans. The Normans came into Britain uh, about the 10th, 11th century. Yeah, but there's, the a, there's, a, there's these Khazars, for instance, I'm sure you're aware of, and you're a real, very educated guy, you know that um, the Netherlands never did originally have a royalty. There was a wealthy family there and planted them. Oh, I know the whole history of it, but the fact is, that e even during the 1700s, yeah. uh, many of the revolutionary parties were, were complaining about the system as it was then. And what they knew was that most of the Jews were simply turning out sons to work as bankers to serve the royalty, not to rule the royalty. So they, they knew their histories even back then, more so well, I mean, than the most Khazars. today. Yeah, but I mean the Khazars, they are Jewish. I mean, at, at the very top, Queen Elizabeth, Rothschild, they are they even declare themselves, they say they're Jewish. Uh, well, but they also declare that they're also Eastern and Indian as well. If you listen to Prince Charles' speech, he says he's now the protector of faiths. Well, it's not going to work. I, you, you see them winning. I, I see either we, I think it should be resolved peacefully, and if it's not, um, if it's not, you know what's going to it's happen. It's going to be a revolution. If it, no, if I'm not just talking here. I'm talking over there. I can tell you one thing. Over there, there's nothing left to fight with. Oh, there isn't? What about their culture, their heritage, their language, their economy? They already got the Chapman said they you, really you have to enter. I don't care about what Chapman says. This is not Chapman's program. Maybe, maybe you follow Chapman. There's a lot more to it than what he's telling you. They've been building up international armies, the same here thing, too, for the last 25 years to deal with the problems they see coming up at any time in the near future. Yeah. They have high-tech weaponry you haven't even heard of yet. Oh, you're talking about the stuff that they ripped off from the Germans in World War II? No, like regardless. Like the, the, the death off. ray. They had the this stuff ray. in World War I, some of them. Even Tesla was working on stuff to knock out Yeah, I know, cities. and they killed him, too. So we'll go on to the next caller, because I know where okay. this one will, will go. Yeah. Now, who's next on the list here? This character here is all, it's all the blacks and the Jews and the browns, as far as he's concerned. And he doesn't realize that the ones at the top are, are already international above all of them. And anyone can join them if you have the right stuff and have proved you're a good enough psychopath from any race, nationality, or color. Especially if your family's been at it for a few generations to prove it. You can get wealth, get power, and retain it through selective breeding. And, and that's how they do it. Now, 
but some people have their minds fixed on things and they can't see the big picture either. It's got to be this or it's got to be that. Now, who we got on the phone here? We've got Henry from Connecticut, I think. Is that Henry or is that the one? Okay, got Megan from Pennsylvania. Hello. Hello. Hi, Alan. Um, I have a bad cold, so I'm only going to ask you one question, and then I'll take your answer off the air. Um, I just wondered, uh, how do the elite avoid breathing, you know, the, the poison chemtrails? I mean, I know there's mm-hmm. air filters in their, you know, air filters in their homes, mm-hmm. but I mean, they they do go outside, and um, also, what kind of world are they going to inherit if the water? Oceans and land are poisoned. And I'll take your answer off the air. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think, again, with technology the way it is, you've probably seen, for instance, uh, dialysis machines that people get hooked up to. Once in a while, they'll show you something on television. They're big, huge machines, fixed machines in hospitals. And, again, that's old, old stuff. Uh, the elite don't use anything that's old technology. They use very high technology, even portable stuff. That, that you walk around with a, a device that'd be in your pocket that could filter you all day long quite, quite quietly, and no one would ever know you had it. So they have very advanced technologies. Uh, they would never harm themselves, I guarantee you that. Uh, also, it's interesting to note here that back in the 80s, all Western countries had their politicians put through bills so that all the politicians and their families, including Canada and the States, would have access to top military hospitals for, for certain kinds of uh, treatment, never specified what or why they would have to go to military hospitals and the public would be excluded. So I think they also do some of that in some of the special military hospitals. Uh, they, can, they, can, they can filter out anything at all through very advanced technologies. And I, I think um, they also have all... You see, the elite look at every possibility that could go against their own survival. And they, they do have underground cities in certain areas. Margaret Thatcher talked about them because it came out during a Man Alive program that the elite would be taken by a helicopter and Harrier jump jet, picked up very quickly, taken to special bunkers underground, and they'd be guarded by the special air service that would kill any member of the public trying to get in who was unauthorized. So they do have, and that created a fewer at the time, so they, they definitely have these, these, these places set up uh, for every possibility. I have no doubt they could live under the earth there for a few hundred years if need be with all the supplies they've stocked up and the particular advanced forms of, of powering these, these plants that they already have. Uh, set up, they could live quite comfortably, I'm sure, and uh, they always look after their survival, but I'm sure it's more than that. That's an option. See, they have many options. They'd rather get this plan through on the surface perfectly, if possible, uh, rather than take that particular option, but they do have it ready just in case something goes wrong. Now, we've got uh, we've got um, uh, Mohammed in Oregon, Yes, uh, thank you very much for taking my call, Mr. Allen. Uh, uh, from all over the world, we love, uh, we love your show and what you do for us. Uh, I, my questions are uh, comments. Uh, I, I have uh, comments that how many kind of new world order do we have? We have a Christian new world order, which are 800 divisions, and all of them, they say new world order. 
we have Islamic New World Order that all of them, they say they all, all, all people, they have to become Muslim. All people need to become Christian. And we have a Baha'i New World Order that they say that all the world needs to become a Baha'i. And we have, uh, I mean, these three, four, five different versions. I mean, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, they'll, all be led. they'll all be led by their leaders into the same road at the right time. I mean, I mean, I mean, what, I mean, is it crazy that, that, that everybody talks about New World Order, New World Order, and everybody has their own different version of it. Yeah, yeah, I, you, what you'll find is people want to be on some winning side, and I've often heard that, you know, I'll, I'll do this or become that, because they, they'll probably win, and they don't realize that we're always given our top leaders, uh, and, and all tops of religions are married to extreme wealth, you'll find that too. So it's quite easy to give the public leaders good shepherds, as they call them in ancient times. They always give you good shepherds, and the sheep follow. And the sheep are the last you notice that they're all merging on, from the same highways onto one particular road. And, and that's where it's all going, down the same road. Science has been elevated over the heads of all cultures and religions anyway. And so um, it's the children they're after. It's quite easy to entice children into a magical world because they're partly in a magical world when you're a child. You're, you're living in a hypnotic state part of the time. Uh, I'll be back with more about that after these messages. back with cutting through the matrix and I'll just finish off with Mohammed <clears throat> uh, they go for the children after after you've served your purpose the older ones and we all have served our purpose to an extent especially if we've done nothing uh, they go for the next generation and that's how it's been for many generations now and young children whether whether they're brought up in Islam or Christianity or or even Buddhism it make no difference whatsoever these games and so on and the computer are all designed for them they're designed to take them in, and their imagination can run rampant with it. And they'll, they're all being introduced into the new priesthood, the scientific society. And they will, to an extent, be hooked on it, addicted to it, and they'll think it's all quite natural. And that's just meant to supersede all the basic religions. You see that happening in many countries, even in Africa, where they get their, given their computers, they become addicted very quickly into the world of games and sex and all the rest of it. And, and they're, 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 they can't even communicate to their parents with their old lifestyle anymore. Okay. Now we'll go on to Callum from Connecticut. Are you there? Hello, Callum. Hi, how are you, Alan? Not so bad. Um, yeah, I just had uh, two questions, if you don't mind. Um, <clears throat> just wondering if there's any significance behind the uh, the American flag on uh, on the soldiers being inverted? Uh, if it's inverted, well, I mean, it used to always be a, a sign of distress, <laughs> but um, uh, there could be more to it if it's just the same I just flag. And I thought it was odd, you know. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, there is someone's going to be in a hell of a lot of trouble if we're getting to put the patches on wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, if, if that's been, I can't, I don't see it being intentional unless it's a statement by the troops themselves. Okay. Also, um, do you think at the high levels of the elite, do you, uh, 
you think they they indulge in uh, psychedelic uh, drug use at all? Some of them do, but they they themselves are watched pretty much. They have their own associations that watch themselves because uh, they're as paranoid about each other as they are about us. Yeah, and they take tremendous dossiers on each other, and they do watch their own. Now they expect their own teenagers to go through a lot of this stuff, uh, and they do. Uh, they don't mind that so much as long as they sort of give it up as they start getting older and taking on their new responsibilities. Okay. Yeah. So All it's right. um, and they also have incredible drugs that the public uh, would never get their hands on. They don't have all the same uh, addictive, uh, physically addictive side effects. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure if that, uh, you know, in, in the societal aspect, uh, the more of the ritualistic or um, uh, logist, you know, type idea, if, if they indulged in such things, you know. Well, well, some of them certainly have been recorded to in the past, especially the, some of the, the French ones. Uh, they, they definitely had uh, uh, orgies and, and they used drugs and various stimulants and so on. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Thank okay. you, Alan. Yeah, Thomas, Thomas from Arizona. Hello, Thomas. Hi, Alan. Yeah. Well, pretty, I was. Um, yeah. I wanted to do a follow-up. You had mentioned um, some of the advanced technologies in place to kind of control the people, especially over in Europe. Uh-huh. And I just wondered if you uh, sometime could do like a an expose on those technologies. I, I should do, I should do, and, and some of it is, has to do with harp-type technologies, which, do you see, they admitted they used it in the Gulf War, mm-hmm. and it certainly stunned thousands of troops, they became zombies. I've actually, so I'll, go, I'll go into that in another show. I've actually, I've actually seen some of the um, classified video. Yeah, okay. So the show is just ending now, I hear the music. So from Hamish and myself, up in a, a blizzardy Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your god or your gods go with you. <laughs>